When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, world? You are in tune to a joint podcast with my man, JC Cowboys Network. What is popping? Hey, what's popping, man? Hey, yo, we back in action. It's always great to get on and hop on the show with you, man. What's good with you, bro? Man, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. Uh, Me and Tom Tom, man, we've had these long conversations to where, uh, especially after the Packers game, we've had these long conversations to where it's like, man, where do we go from here and how, like, you know, how do, how do we get to where we're going? And um, I think that's where we're about to, you know, kind of explore, you know, we're about to jump into this and, and really explore, you know, uh, what's next for Cowboy Nation, man. I'm going to, I'm going to step back. I'm going to allow JC and Tom to go in because I got so much to say. I don't want to overtake that. So what we're going to do right now, man, is, uh, JT, man, talk to me, man. How are you feeling after that loss? And, um, you know, how, how do you feel about what's going on in Cowboy Nation? Man, it's it's crazy, man. Shout out to everybody on this side, too. Shout out to Tom. Shout out to you, Ma. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Shout out to uh, Captain Rob. What's good, Captain Rob? What's going on, everybody in the chat, man? What's good? What's good? It's Cowboys for life. But the thing is, man, when you think about this type of team, and the type of skill sets that they have all throughout this team from offense, defense, and special teams. When you look at the culture, the the big thing that me and you were talking about is the the culture. Like, looking at what Dallas has done throughout this whole season, what what they have done throughout the past, the time should be now, at this point now, because when you think about guys like Dak Prescott, when you think about all this talent that you got on this team, these guys are not getting any younger. And it was hard, bro. This was a hard pill to swallow just seeing the Green Bay Packers and the way that they played us and the way that they schemed on us. At this point now, like, I know that these guys are not getting any younger, but they got to step up, bro. It is critical right now. And it was hard. It was hard to see this type of game and, you know, creating content. I know it's so much energy that's going left and right when you're going on these podcasts and creating content. But we love the Dallas Cowboys, but they cannot continue to keep letting us down, bro. And um, it was it was painful to see things like that. But I, I I just think that, you know, with this type of talent that we have, if we can just get some more players out there, I think that we can be able to compete. But right now, it still seems like something's wrong, bro. It does. It, it really does. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the second piece of what we think is wrong uh, after we hear from Tom. Tom, Tom, how did you feel? about this loss at Green Bay, man. Awful. (laughs) That's probably, that's, 
I don't know. So was it 2009, the 34-3 beatdown to the Vikings? Felt kind of similar to that. You guys remember that loss, right? Yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, yeah. 34-3 beatdown. Unfortunately. This is probably – this is a top five all-time worst moment in the history of the franchise as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the 44-6 to beatdown at the end of the regular season. I think that was like maybe like 2010 or something like that to the Eagles. It was a win and, you know, win or go home, you know, win and win in the end type game. Uh, this, this loss was like I would put up there with both of those losses. I mean – I don't think it's a personnel issue. And I don't know if we want to like get in, get into that right now, like in terms of like what exactly it was that went wrong. Uh, you know, th- there's, there's a lot of talk about the quarterback. There's a lot of talk about, you know, Micah and the defense and the run defense, you know, and, and this and that, like, I don't think it's a personnel issue at this point. I think it's a coaching issue, which makes it even more frustrating to me to see, you know, them bringing back Mike McCarthy. Um yeah, I mean, I'm 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 really down about it. I'm down about it. When I get down, I want to be able I want to like be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel and say, all right, well, these are the these are the things that we do. It's like it's bad right now, but this is how we get to the good place. And right now, I don't. I know it's been less than a week since the, you know, since that game, but I'm feeling a little hopeless right now. I'm feeling a little hopeless. It's crazy that you say that. Uh... The personnel yeah. issue. I think it's a personnel issue, Mod. Like when real quick, when you think about guys like J. Ron Curse being at that free safety position, on, knowing that this guy is not athletic, right? He's a strong safety. He cannot turn his hips well. And when, when yep. you think about guys like Marquise Bell, that is a safety playing linebacker, when you're playing against those big boy offensive line, they will wash you out of play. So I think that it could be a personnel issue, Tom, um, in a sense. But I mean, I get it with the coach, and I think it's a mix of both, bro. And and here's the deal. Here's the deal. It, it is a pro, it's a mix of both. It's personnel and to me it's culture and coaching. Two C's. And we're going to talk about culture and coaching right now because, you know, you're absolutely right when we start talking about uh, J-Ron Curse, which is, you know, Tom and I have always already talked. J-Ron is, is about he, – he should be – listen, I want to get a trash bag and pack his stuff up and move him out of Dallas myself. I, w- I would just do that because – you know, Wanye Thomas deserved the time that he was on. Uh, Richard, Jaron, Jaron couldn't pay me to be on this team next year. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't let him play. I wouldn't let him pay play for us for free. And that's bad. He used to be gone. Bye bye. Yeah. Robert Wilson said we weren't supposed to win the Vikings game at forty-four to six. We were supposed to win the Packers game. That's a good point. It, that's a good which point. Made it feel bad. Made it feel worse. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, and then uh, Robert also said we play chance defense, not stout defense. That's I get it. Take I too get much it. chance. That's the problem, bro. That's the problem. And and I will I will speak to this, and I'm going to start in, and then, JC, I'm going to give it to you. Um, Dan Quinn's been figured out, bro. It, it, he's been figured out. Um, the game is, is, is switching to these young offensive coordinators who know how to scheme – receivers open versus just playing the scheme of a defense and never really changing because regardless to anyone uh, regardless of what anybody says or feels to me we got out coached and we've been out coached at least four times this year at least four times and they made no adjustments at mm-hmm. all none mm-hmm. whatsoever so talk to me about that man talk to me about that jc 
See, the thing is, man, like when you going into these games and the most important games in the playoffs, man, you want to keep like three or four different schemes in your back pocket. With Dan Quinn, when you do see guys that's playing free safety, that is a strong safety, guys that are undersized at the linebacker position, and you have players that's not setting the edge, this is the stuff that I talk about in all 22 all the time. It was a lot of times where you see guys like Stefan Gilmore, he's playing off coverage, and sometimes he's close in coverage. He's not the, the best athlete that he was in his in year one, year two. You know what I mean? So when you see this kind of stuff and you're playing against these young wide receivers who can be able to uh, get to the top of their route and have you overthinking at that cornerback position and make you uncomfortable, this is how their playbook gets open. You know what I'm saying? So I say like the little things on Dan Quinn, and I'm not trying to take everything away from Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn has put in a lot of work in this league, but just like you said, bro, the adjustments is very key when it comes down to playing to these big-time teams because th that's the, exactly what these offenses are doing. So it seemed like throughout that whole game, they had the leg up on us and we just didn't figure these guys out going through it. You know what I'm saying? And I, I seen it early on, bro. I just wasn't feeling good about the game from the very beginning of it. Not at all. Not at all. Tom, what do you think about that? What do you think about the coaching and us being out coached? Yeah. I mean, like, I think that's the big thing. Like I, I, I so I agree. I, I agree that like there, there are some holes, you know, like earlier, you know, when I said, that I don't think it's a personnel issue. Like we have, we have holes, you know, this isn't, a, this isn't a complete, you know, roster. Like J Ron curse needs to be gone playing him single high um, on Sunday. Like that's just unforgivable. Like that's in it, it by all by itself. Like that's a fireable offense. As far For as I'm real. <laughs> but like, we just, we, we just can't like, we can't game plan. We can't game plan with the other elite coaching staffs, staffs in this league. It doesn't seem like to me. It's so it's like, uh, we're like George Foreman. We're like George Foreman. We can do like, like we can just go in 90% of the games that we play and just throw big punches. Right. But yeah. as soon as we, as soon as we fight, Ali, we, as soon as we get in the ring with somebody that's got a better, you know, a better game plan than we do, then we get smoked. Like it's what happens every single time. Like and not beat, we get smoked. I feel so. And that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Get smoked. Yeah. But my thing is, like, when you're playing, like, you know, coverage zones, the problem I have with it, though, guys, and I want to get y'all thoughts on this, like, when you're playing man-to-man, -man, okay, sometimes you play cover three, cover zones, and stuff like that. But when nobody's on the same page throughout the, the most important game, that's the problem. When you see guys, I mean, gaping holes where um, Micah Parsons, he might be bluff blitzing or he's trying to get in coverage, and next thing you know, the quarterback is rolling out. He's stepping up to the quarterback, and next thing you know, you see a dig route, which is one of the cover three beaters, corner routes and stuff like that. This dig route, I mean, these guys were wide open. It was painful to watch, man, but you know, yep. Cowboys Nation, we got to keep yep. it real, man. We got to keep it real. We cannot sit there and, and, and hype this up or try to uh, cover this up. They have to figure it out. I think that this team is close, but they just just more things that they got to do to try to get in position, man. Yeah, and, and you, it's funny you say that. Why would you pick a playoff game, right, to start to stop rushing Micah Parsons? That makes no sense. <laughs> All year long, you're rushing Micah Parsons. He's rushing the passer. You're finding creative ways to get him in a hole. And then all of a sudden, you drop him back in coverage Duh. on a third and like it was, it was third <laughs> and a ways to go. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me, man. It's like you you really 
Well, and there's there was this uh, uh, rumor out there that Tom and I talked about uh, that that Dan Quinn was trying to you know get get one, be one and done because he's trying to get to his next job. Well, I don't think he's gonna get another job. I, it looks like don't nobody want him, and they see that he got pimples and no. warts. Um, but <laughs> you know, it, too, it, too, it, too, too many good too many good coaches available right now. He won't get a job. Thanks. Thanks. It just it makes me. It makes me cringe. And I told JC earlier, his defense is old and outdated only because you don't have a Cam Chancellor. You don't have an Earl Thomas. You don't have a middle linebacker who's a dog to be able to simulate the success that you had in Seattle. And you need all of those in that recipe of Dan Quinn's defense. We've got mm-hmm. other pieces. Retool. Do something different. Don't just be a one-horse one pony. Where yeah. I can just rush the I can rush the pass and I'm excellent at that, but I can't stop the run. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. to your personnel issues, Osa's great. Osa's really good, but he's not a run stopping de- defensive tackle. He's not. I, I, I like I like Osa because the main reason why I like Osa so much is because I mean you could put him at that three technique position. Yes, there are questions about being able to stop the run, but just having that leverage, knowing how to get your hands on guys and being a wrestler and doing little things that he did in the past, you got to look, you know, the better coaches and scouts, they look at little things like that. Michael Parsons played other sports too, where he was physical. So just understanding leverage. I like Osa, but there's more that needs to be done when it comes down to this defensive line, bro. You know what I'm saying? Well, Mozzie yeah. Smith, he didn't show up when in uh, this year, but playing that one technique position, that nose tackle position, whatever may have you, sometimes it takes time. And I told people in my previous live streams, when you're picking up a player that's a one technique, sometimes it can take them a couple years. Three techniques, yes, they rush the passer. They make those splash plays all the time. But let's give it some time when it comes to Mozzie Smith. But everybody else, man, I'm looking in question because I just feel as though with this type of defense um, and want, and trying to do what Dan Quinn wants out of the defense and these guys are not stepping up to the plate, man, it was it was hard to watch, man. And I'm not just uh, pointing at the defensive line. It's the linebackers all the way to the secondary, bro. Yeah, definitely. Tom, go ahead. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know something that we don't something that we don't talk about a lot, and honestly, I, I think it's mostly just because we haven't really come to terms with it. Just how much of an impact that Micah has in the pass rush? Like, I know, like, I mean, I'm sitting here with you guys. I mean, I'm sure we all agree he's the best pass rusher in the league. Like, he's the best edge in the league. Um, he draws so many double teams. Like, he he gets double teamed. He gets double teamed at a higher rate than any other edge rusher in the league, and it's not even close. And he wins his pass rushes at a higher rate than any other edge rusher in the league. Like this guy, I mean, he, he clears Bosa and TJ Watt. Like I know that we got some serious fans in the chat and like, that's fine. You know, like you know, um, pay for your time all you want. Um, Mike is at the, he elevates Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler, these other guys, they're going, they're going, they're getting to go one-on-one all game. I don't think that, I don't think that we should feel married to Dorrance or Dante Fowler. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him back. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? What do you guys think that we're going to do with the uh, with the pass rushers moving forward? I really, I mean, I like Dante Fowler. You know, I just want to throw that in there uh, for you, Ma. <laughs> I like Dante. <laughs> Listen, I'm Dante. I like Dante, and and he makes some splash plays. He does, but Sam can do it, and Sam, we just got to keep Sam from being boneheaded. Sam is the future. He's the future at that position for me. And and I would like to have him there, you know, um, 
you know, to to continue to keep learning from Tank. Um, yeah, kind of felt like he pla- kind of felt like he plateaued though this year. If I'm being honest, he, not like, I think we were. Teams. I, I mean, you, you, I mean, he a made big, a lot of boneheaded. He made a lot. He of did, but that's a big man, Tom. Think about it. that's a big man. That's six five, two fifty, being yeah. the first man downfield. That's understand, yeah, and you I can't understand. coach that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand, That's- but I think I think we were all expecting him to like really make the leap this year and like he he kind of plateaued rather than making the leap in my opinion. Now, mm-hmm. I mean like I still have a lot of high hopes for him. I mean, he's an athletic freak. Like no doubt about it, but like I am not going to lie, like I was a little disappointed. I thought that I thought that he was really going to make a jump and he really didn't. Did he get the playing time to make the jump? That's 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 my question. Like, did he have all of the, the opportunities? I don't know that he did, and I, I'm not going to say that he did. But you know what? I gotta I gotta do this. This is the reason why us as Cowboy fans are getting mad because we're gonna we're we're gonna continue on the defense. But this is the reason why us as Cowboy fans get upset, man. I mean, literally, because you you hear this message. Are you going to leave for Cowboys Nation as you prepare for the 2023 season? And that's for each one of you. <laughs> Let's get ready for Vegas. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> man, I'm going to see y'all in Vegas, man. If y'all uh, roulette put on Black 11, um, I'm pretty sure it's going to hit because we, we attacking everything, man. And y'all going to see the number one defense in the freaking NFL. I'm going to put it like that, so... Think nothing else need to be said. <laughs> well, like they said, the Super Bowl. I want to thank you guys for coming. Hey, look, that, that was killing me. <laughs> hey, bro, I was over here in cringe mode, bro. I'm like, man, because I look, listen, man, like when I got so much respect for guys like Micah Parsons and what he can be able to do on this team, but you know, when you're when you're focused in and you're locked in, you were about to be on uh undisputed at one point before you got the beef it with Skip Bayless. And then you do a podcast. So a lot of these guys, when you see guys like J-Ron Curse, I mean, these guys are on Twitter. They're on X. They're talking to all these other talking heads, the three and four-letter networks. They're caught into that stuff like that. When I hear these type of messages like that, I you want to buy in, but when you see the results of it, you like, did these guys really uh, get this message? You know what I'm saying? So that that right there was uh, kind of throwing me off, man. You know what I mean? But um, much love to them, you know what I mean? Because I know Trayvon Diggs, shout out to him being from the DMV and stuff like that. Hopefully, he you know, he's having a speedy recovery. But um, definitely a lot of work to do over there on that side of town, bro, especially with those leaders on that team, those three. And, and Tom, talk to me about how you feel about Micah. And, you know, we, we've, we've talked about this earlier. You know, uh, Micah talks a lot, man. <laughs> he talks a lot. So I, how do you feel? Uh, 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 and then listening to Micah right there, knowing – to me, the only one who backed it up, who who talked to talk and walked to walk, is number ninety. Tank Lawrence talked to talk, and he walked to walk, walk. and he could say whatever he want to say. But talk to me about this Micah stuff, Tom. Tom. Yeah. So I don't really think that there's. I mean, and you and I talked about this like back in like the spring, right? Or I guess around the time that like this, I know this wasn't in the spring, you know, that particular clip, but like he he was talking all the way back in the spring too. And I kind of said it, I kind of said it at that point in time, like, I'm not crazy about it. 
but like at the same time i don't have a, i don't really have a problem with any individual thing that he said it's just it just brings unwanted distractions and it's like if i knew that he didn't care about what anybody else thought about it it's like he says these things and then you know they quote unquote don't back it up you know and then you know you, you see these clips get played all you know over and over again and you know twitter blows up and Mike is this and Mike is that and Micah didn't back it up. If if none of that bothered him, then I would say talk your talk. Like whatever. Like so long as you say what you say and then whatever happens on the football field and whatever it is, the response that you get in the national media or on Twitter, social media, like whatever it is, like so long as you're able to handle that and not be distracted by that, then talk your talk. But he doesn't seem to be able to do that. And so for me, that's the reason why I'm like, look, if you can't handle the blowback that you get, then just then stop talking. You know, because it's going to happen. Like you're going to say things, people are going to get upset. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be all over, all over ESPN. And like, if you can't, if you can't handle that, and that's something that you're getting frustrated, you know, and going at fans and going at Skip Bayless on Twitter and stuff like that. Like that's just those are the natural consequences of talking. So like, if you can't deal with that, then you know, talk less. Like that's all. Like I don't have a problem with it so long as he can handle the blowback, but he doesn't really seem to be able to. So I think. If I was him, I would say less. Kids, yeah. bands, I, I got to go ahead and jump on this. Yeah, we're yeah, reading the comments, hey, man. Yeah, real quick, man. I, I, like, this is not my live, bro. It's not my live, bro. So you already know. You already know how that go. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I'm going I'm to read them, man. I'm going to read them. I, I, you know, we're just getting into the dichotomy of it all, but I got you. Uh, Kenzie Band says, I feel like everyone keeps saying Dak didn't give up 40, uh, 48 points, which is true, but we need a quarterback to go out there and score. Uh, when everyone is not doing good, Dak is a system quarterback. Cam Newton was right. Listen, we're going to get to that. We were just over here on the defensive side because we and we're moving systematically. So, you know, JC, he's he, he flowing with us. We all flowing. But I promise you, we are not going to leave this live without talking about Dakota Rain Prescott. I got you. Don't worry yeah, about that's it. That's how I feel. That's how I feel too. Yeah, I can't control I, everything, bro. Yeah. Oh, so, but I mean, with, with, when you're thinking about Micah Parsons, right? Like, shout out to Jazz. Uh, we had such a good time when we went to uh, to Dallas and when we played against the Philadelphia Eagles. We ended up winning that game. It was such a beautiful time. But when you think about the stadium, when you think about the practice facility, you just see so much glitz and glamour when it comes down to the Dallas Cowboys. And it makes me question, like, how much are they buying into the culture? How much are they binding to the system? That's why me and you were speaking on that culture. Because the thing is, Jimmy Johnson and the, rest, and the rest of those guys in the 90s, they knew the culture. You know what I'm saying? So it just makes me question it. It was such a good time that I had in Dallas. I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, but with guys like Michael Parsons, man, just locking in. Because, I mean, you know, being utilized, just let me know what y'all think. You know, I know you got to say something real quick, Ma. But let me know what you think, how you would want him to be utilized, though, you know, going forward. Yeah. And that, that's a big thing. That's a big part of this pie. If, if how Dan Quinn makes a listen, listen, Cowboy Nation, we cannot, I repeat, cannot go into next year with those two in place and no changes have been made. Some listen, I don't think Dan, uh, he can be the overall defense coordinator, but I, I mean, if you look at my guy from Houston. You look at what he's doing with lesser players. You know what I'm saying? This is this is why we're saying that the older coaching has to go because they're not understanding the younger game, right? 
It's yep. a young man's game at this point. And Dan, yeah, what you did did used to work, but it's not working. J-Ron Kirsch, we've already said, needs to go. My opinion, Jordan Lewis needs to go. Jordan Lewis is a hit or miss kind of guy, man. He'll make a play, but then he'll give up seven. And originally, that was Deron Bland's uh, uh, position. So Deron was supposed to play there. Stephon was supposed to be on the other side. And Diggs was going to be on the other side. Well, Diggs got hurt. Yeah, so we had to, to improvise on the play. But, yo, I'm just going to tell you, uh, we, we've got to – linebackers. Let's stop. Let, this will be oh, our last goodness. stop on the defense. We Because I know both of you have strong opinions on the long linebackers. Last stop on the defense. We're going to get to our comments in the chat. And then we're going to flip to the offensive side of the ball. Linebacking crew. We were hurt by not having LVE in. Hey, ain't, we that ain't that something, though? Think about it though, because a lot of people butchered LVE. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I throw that in there because they was the butchering. Truth. You know it's I mean? the truth. It's the truth. But we lost LVE. What's what's number 50's name? Tom Tom. I always forget his name. Um uh they played it Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State linebacker. Are you talking about Harper? We let Devin Harper go. Overshone gets hurt. So now we're down to only one real true linebacker. Right, mm-hmm. and then they they trick. Sounds crazy. It sounds crazy when you say it out loud, right? Right. One one, one real linebacker. One oh. real one, and and then they trick us and go get Rashawn Evans, which they never used. What's the purpose, Dan? What are you doing, Tom? Tom, you give me. Well, first of all, JC, talk to me about linebackers, man. Talk to me about linebackers. See, the thing is, man, when you think about guys like Marquise Bell, I like Marquise Bell as a player. He came from a small a small school. We all know that. And shout out to Will McClay. Me and you have talked about Will McClay. A lot of respect to him. But my thing is, when you're converting a safety and you're bringing him down to a linebacker position, when you're playing against those better offensive lines, if they can get to the second level, you're going to fall into a lot of trouble. But not only Marquise Bell, you think about guys like Damone Clark, got a lot of respect for him. He wore number 18 at LSU. If you're if you're a scout and you see players and you see a player that's wearing that number 18 and whatever number is at a school that means a lot to him, he was one of those guys that was a leader on and off the field. He had a spinal fusion surgery and he still played last year. But when you're playing and having boneheaded type of plays consistently, then it's not a bad thing, Tom, to be just a backup in the NFL. That's okay. We need stout guys at that linebacker position. Damone Clark, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of love for the guy for being hurt and playing on his type of team and and really going out there and getting some burn on the field. But at the same time, when you're completely getting removed off the screen and and literally washed out of plays and having Aaron Jones just walk towards the touchdown, bro, it's concerning. It's concerning big time. And at this point, bro, nobody is safe. I don't care because we want to get to where we want to go, guys. Yeah, so... We have a linebacker room. Robert Wilson said we don't have a linebacker room. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Oh, uh, because we don't. But the linebackers that we do have, they have to be kept 100% clean to be effective in the run game. They have to be kept 100% clean. And like, as much as I know that the fans, that this fan base loves Hank, and like, I love Hankins. Like, I do. Like, 
he's not this like elite nose tackle that we sometimes like prop him up to be. No, like he's he's solid. Like I want to I want to bring him back. Like I do. Like I yeah. I I, yeah. I think that's a position that we need to try and improve. But like uh, you know, would he make like a million and a half or something like that this season? Like mm-hmm. he's he's providing value like at that mm-hmm. price. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like you know, Osa, Hank, Mozzie, like they're not keeping the linebackers clean and. We just, I mean, we got 210 pound, 220 pound, you know, Marquis Bell back there. Well, he said, Robert Wilson said, Brown is out here. I mean, Bell is out here playing strong side linebacker, weighing 214. Like, it's crazy. crazy. Shout out to to Captain Rob, too, because, you know, that's my partner on my show. Yeah, that's, that's. uh, Hey, give him him a horn. Give him a horn. I know, right? I know, right? What's <laughs> good, dog? What's good, my man? What's good? That's my dog right yeah, there. Shout out to Mike Autry. Shout out to Regina. Everybody on, on, on my side, man. Much love to y'all. Yeah, thanks for hanging out, y'all. Yeah. But yeah, these, I mean, yeah, two, like he said, you got 214 pound Marky Spell running around back there, like who's excellent in coverage. Obviously, I mean, he's a safety, right? Like he's a natural safety. You put him at the linebacker spot, like he's going to be great in coverage. And mm-hmm. honestly, if you, if you tell me, hey, you can either have a linebacker, and we're probably going to disagree on this because every time I every time I say this, everyone comes at me. If if you if you said you can have a linebacker that's great against the pass and bad against the run, or a linebacker that's great against the run and bad against the pass, I'm probably taking the linebacker that's good against the pass, like in a passing league. Um, but it's just when you have a linebacker like that, when you have a Damone Clark, when you got a Marquis Bell, like you got to keep them clean and like. We're not able to do that. Like we need, we need more size. We need more physicality. But I don't think that the Rashawn Evans types. Like I don't think that they're the answer. Like they have to, they have to be able to give you something in pass defense. Like they got to be able to give you something there. And that's why Rashawn Evans. I mean, last year at Atlanta, what do you have? Like 130, 140 tackles or something like that. Like he had a good year. Like both um, of them you had know, 100 tackles, bro. Um. Uh, Damone Clark and Marquise Bell. Don't get me wrong. Like the last two linebackers that had a hundred tackles were uh, Jalen uh, uh, Jalen Smith and 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 I think it was LVE together when they were paired. So I mean they put yeah. in work, but it's just the I get what you're saying, bro. It's the important times of the game. What are you doing at that linebacker position, man? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, it's just like a lot of times you see. So it's like you will see us. Like opposing quarterback is getting eight to ten yards per attempt, and you know we're and then we're holding the running back to like four yards of carry, and everything you see all over social media is we can't stop the run. And I'm like, well, they're getting six yards. Like it seems like it's more of a defending the pass issue. I mean, I, I get that. I get you want to you know in a big game you you don't you don't you don't want them averaging four plus yards of carry. Like I understand that, but like I'll live with that. I'll live with it if you can defend the pass because that's way more important. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to move the ball between the 20s if you are relying exclusively on the running game. So, and like like I was saying, like I don't think the Rashawn Evans types, I don't think that they're I don't think that those those types of guys are the answer. And I mean, that's the reason Rashawn Evans was sitting on the couch, even mm-hmm. after having 150 tackles or whatever it was. And he was on the couch. And the reason was is because he can't defend the pass. The thing that's so crazy though is Tom, like the thing is, I, I do like my linebackers that can be able to stop the pass, but you gotta get those guys that can be able to stop the run. You want to know why? Because it looked good in the regular season, the ones, the guys that can be able to stop the pass. But when you you're gonna need those linebackers to be able to stop the run when you're playing against teams that run the ball and that's they want to run the ball until you stop it. And if that's you fair. don't stop it, their whole playbook opens. 
That's Definitely. why it's important. It is imperative, guys, to be able to just keep it wide open. When we get to this draft coverage, I know me and Amar going to be doing a lot of shows this year, a lot of college all-22s. We're going to break this stuff down because stopping the run is very important as well as being able to um, um, stop the pass. Because it's at, Tom, at the Tom Tom's point, he started this out by saying, if we're going to run that, you got to keep those linebackers clean. So if you're going to have an hy- a hybrid linebacker a- a- in the game, somebody who can defend the pass and sort of stop the run, if you're going to, you need to focus in and hone in on the defensive tackles because that's how you keep linebackers clean. Because the D tackle will create a pile, keep the lineman, the opposing offensive lineman, from getting to your linebacker. And when you do that, your linebacker can scrape to the play, make the play in the hole, and we can swarm tackle. That's great. That's good. And I'm gonna tell you, JC, you mentioning uh uh what you just mentioned LVE and the other linebacker. Uh Jamie. That, that yeah, Jay, we, we got off of it quick because again, you know, you, you can't be on skates when it comes to the running game, right? So now let's let's turn let's turn because we'll be quick, though. real quick though because like I, it's like this defense bro you know we got a lot on our chest right now it's, it's a lot right now bro like it's just crazy because when you start talking about those linebackers and you think about Anthony Hitchens you think about Sean Lee you think about the guys that we had oh, years ago like four or five years ago what happened to that energy oh, what happened Sean to that Lee. energy I wish we could clone three Sean Lees I mean. Oh, my God. Sean Lee was probably one of the greatest Cowboy linebackers we've ever had. It, it really, for real. But like I said, we, we can stay here all day, but we're going to switch. We, 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 we got some comments and, and people in the chat that's ready to talk about this. And, and, and I got to put this out here, man. This is what my man said out his own mouth. Team goal is to win a Super Bowl or not, and it's truly a bust if we don't. And not that that's okay, but that's what our standards have to be for us to be able to to thrive and to get better in, in this atmosphere and in the in uh in the, in this world and being under the Dallas Cowboys umbrella, I guess you could say, is that you have to accept that. You have to accept those challenges. I've always said with great expectations come greater results. So bring them on and we're gonna to try to answer that. Before I start, do you guys got something? Cause I, I'm finna go. 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 All right. Go. <laughs> da- Dakota had an all pro season. I said he would. Dakota did a lot of great things. He didn't throw 10 interceptions. Awesome. Awesome, man. I mean, I'm proud of that. But when it matters, yeah, Dak Dak did not. And I saw a comment saying um, Dak didn't give up 48 points. He gave up 14. You can't argue that. He he stared down C.D. Lamb. He threw it. He threw it right to a person he did not see. Right. He was forcing in the beginning of the game. Mike even said, "Hey, it took me a while for me to find continuity with him, for me to get him comfortable." Dak, it's your ninth year, buddy. You 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 have to you have to in turn play championship football, and you can't keep taking it. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't. Didn't play championship football. No, sir. Another year went by of you not playing championship football when it mattered. It, during the season, it matters. Okay, 12 and 5 is nothing. Listen, Cowboy fans, 
12 and 5 is nothing to, to, to be sad about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Any anybody who has a 12 and 5 season is doing pretty good for themselves, right? Big time. Big time. But bro, in 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 the playoffs, you can't stink it up, man. You cannot stink it up. And we we bail you out a lot of times because we say, oh, you didn't have the receivers. You had the Noah Browns. You had the uh, um, Dalton Schultz. But look, they're still in the playoffs. Noah and Dalton are still in the playoffs. Hey, and that, that makes me cringe, bro. <laughs> but here's the thing, and I'm going to shut up, and I'm going to let you, I'm going to toss it up to you and, and, and Tom Tom. I demand more out of you, Dakota. And I understand that it's unfair, but you wear the star on your hat. You wear the star on your helmet. And if you were in Jacksonville, you wouldn't get this much scrutiny. But you're in Dallas, bro. And you got to show up because you got the Troy Aikmans and the Roger Starbucks that you got to live up to. Those ghosts are in that hall. And it is what it is. I'm done. I'll keep going all day. JC, man, it's on you, bro. See, see, with me, you know, when you think about Dak Prescott and all he has done for this organization, uh, when he first started his career and you taking guys like Tony Romo's position, just like you said, bro, like the Dallas Cowboys, everybody is watching you. Everybody's watching you. The lights are the brightest when it comes down to the Dallas Cowboys. And this guy didn't fold. This is why we have liked this guy. This is why we have rooted for this guy. This is why we have believed in this guy all of these years and you said nine years eight nine years shout out to Dwayne. what's good Dwayne? what's up patrice what's going on shout out to y'all but when you're talking about eight and nine years you will think that this guy can be able to get it going now when i think about the quarterback position you don't have to be the most athletic person you don't if you can be able to run that juggernaut if the system that's why we go back to culture understanding the offense understanding what mike mccarthy wants being on the same page, not playing hero ball, going out there and allowing your players to make plays, running the ball efficiently. When you do things like that, Dak Prescott moving around out the, um, uh, uh, the pocket, extending plays, gaining that chemistry with, with, with CeeDee Lamb, this is the stuff that we want to see. But when you get to these big games, this is when it gets tough, man. It gets tough. And seeing it at this point now, I know what Dak Prescott can be throughout the season. They can get 12 and 5, 13 and 3, whatever they want to do. You know what I'm saying? But when the lights get bright, what are you going to do, Dak Prescott? At this point right now, I don't want to sugarcoat nothing. I just want to be straightforward, straight up. You got to prove it when it matters most. That's the thing. That's where I'm at with Dak Prescott. And that's just what it is, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to, I don't want to kind of, you know, uh cake things up when it comes down to Dak Prescott. I'm with you on that. Uh Tom Tom. Yeah, I don't even know where to. I don't even know where to start. Um, when the lights are the brightest, something – I really don't want to put this out there, but it's 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 true. When the lights are the brightest, something happens with them. Something happens with them. And I don't think – like what we, what we saw on Sunday and what you've seen in big games in the past, I don't put it all on him. I probably don't even put most of it on him, to be completely honest. But there is something to there is something to the accusations that the lights get a little too bright for him sometimes. Now I think once he gets settled in, then he goes right. He most of the time he goes right back to being you know normal Dak. Maybe he I I even think sometimes he rises to the occasion, but mm-hmm. it takes him it takes him too long to get there. You got to come out of the gate hitting right. 
you can't you can't take a quarter to get going. You can't take a half to get going. Like that can't happen. But I do think that some of his poor performance, poor performances, um, I do think a lot of it does have to do with the game plan. And I know a lot of people are going to say, y'all just keep on giving Dak the excuses. You know, he doesn't have receivers. He doesn't have good coaching. Like, whatever. You know, he doesn't have a good offensive line. Y'all want to, you know, you Dak apologists, y'all want to put the blame on everybody else and you don't want to give him any blame. Well, look, I just gave him some blame, right? And that's like, that's his... That's his biggest, like, that's the accusation that you hear is that he's a choke artist, right? And, like, I'm not saying he's a choke artist, but, like, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm putting a little gas on that fire a little bit. Like, I'm admitting that. But at the same time, like, I just think that the game plans just, like, typically suck, like, in these big games. Like, they're terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's like, look, first five games, first five games of this season, what were we doing? We were running, we were running the ball more on first and second down than basically any other team in the league. That's what talk we about doing. it. Talk and about what, it. And then what happened from week six on, with a couple of exceptions, there were a couple of exceptions in there. We started, we started throwing the ball on, yep. on early downs more than any other team in the league. Yep. And that's when Dak got hot. Like this is, we keep Stop wanting to, we keep wanting to run. Right Stop okay. right there in the playoff game. What did we do? This, Ran the ball too much on early downs. How many oh times? Mix it up. I and, think it was like it was. I think they threw the ball second down like one time in the first half. There's some crazy yeah. stat that I saw like going around. Like they just kept on running it. It's too predictable. And Green Bay, if you notice that, JC, if you notice that, Green Bay is the worst on first and second down when you're throwing the ball. They were the worst yeah. in the league. And then, let's add this too, worst against tight ends too. One, They were like 25th or ranked like 26th against tight ends. Just let's throw that in there. <laughs> so, yeah, so, like, so game so, planning. So, game planning was the problem. Yeah. So, to me, there's, so to me, there's this thing that happens. And it's basically like you get good Dak when you put the ball in his hands and say, go win us the game. Like we're, like, we're going to ride you. Like we're gonna be we're gonna be Dak heavy. Like we're not gonna establish the run to set up the pass. Like we're gonna throw the ball and let that set up the run. Like this yeah. is 2023, not 1993 anymore. Throw the ball. Yeah. And when we do that, Dak typically cooks. But then we get in these big games, and I don't know what happens. Like, I don't know if Jerry's like, hey, I want to win it, you know, like the you know, like back in the glory days. You know, what I mean, we're gonna be one. I don't know what happens because they just immediately go back to running the ball on first and second down, like yep. every, you know, every first and second down, and then saying, all right, Dak, bail us out on third down. And he's like, he's yeah, he's in lead on third down, but it's yeah. just you're shouldering him with he too much. Is. You're just, you're asking him to play you can't keep, Yeah, you can't give, yeah, that's it. You can't, he can't keep giving him a cape and saying, bail us out. It's not going to happen. And that's when you start doing that, guys. That's when you fall into mistakes. You know what I'm saying? When you start playing that hero ball, you don't yep. want that to happen with Dak Prescott. Hey, shout out to Matt Batten, though. He said 12 and 5 is good, but Dak be judged by his playoffs, by his playoff record. He sinks in the playoffs. That's the thing, man. You can get to 12 and 5 all you want, but it's very important once you get to this, this postseason when you got two home games. That's why we're here ranting right now because we ain't been live, bro. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's good to be able to get on it right now. It's a, it's a good show. I can already tell by the energy. Um, with Dak Prescott, man, I believe in this guy. I know that this guy can be able to do it, but he just got to believe in himself. When I look and see stuff on the screen where you see guys, him and CeeDee Lamb, they're going back and forth. That's when I knew right there something about to end up crazy happening. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because that's the kind of T.O. type of stuff where he was going through with Romo. You don't want things like that to happen. They're already having two safeties over the top right now. They're scared of CeeDee Lamb. So when you're throwing quick plays like that, 
this is when these guys jump on the ball. And JC, like JC, a uh, leg up as far as coaching. I'm glad you mentioned that, JC, because that's my next point, right? To beat us, every team put out, I mean, the teams that beat us put out resumes and, and recipes. Two high safeties. Why? Because there was a lack of a running game in Dallas, Texas this year, right? And if you put up two high safeties, you a man over the top of C.D. Lamb, and then you come down uh, uh, against Brandon Cooks or against uh, Fergie, right? And then now you, you, you leave the other side open, which was covered by Michael Gallup, who can't get separation on anybody at this point. So <laughs> this is why, to me, Michael Gallup got to go. You know what I'm saying? You that hurts Jaylen, me. That hurts me, Ma. That hurts I know me. it does because you like Gallup. But but me, to me, Jalen Tolbert earned those minutes. He earned those minutes in 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 preseason. He earned those minutes in camp. He earned them. Give them to him. I don't care. It's your fault, Jerry. Jerry, you have a history of pay overpaying dudes that should. Miles Austin, uh, uh, Sam Hurd. You know what I'm saying? I can keep going. <laughs> I, hey, my, hey, I, I'm a Cowboy fan through and through, and I can tell you, this is your history. You got to let them go, man. And and you said it. They put the recipe out. This is how you beat Dallas. You're too high safety, them boys, and make Dak fit everything in the tight windows. He's going to make a mistake, and he always does. You know what I'm saying? That's why he has to get better. But the other part about this is, and let's explore it, our offensive line is getting old. And that you hurts. bring in people like Shuma Idoga, who who it was out there twiddling his thumbs and 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 doing finger painting on the on the, on his helmet instead of getting to the man he needs to get to and giving up sacks, bro. Again, Tom, I'm gonna get I'm gonna throw it to you and then throw it to JC. Tom, mm-hmm. how you feel about this line and where we're headed with the line, real quick? Yeah, it's like they're kind of in this weird like no man's land, right? Because we know we're gonna draft an offensive lineman day one or day two. Like we're pretty confident that that's gonna happen. And, I mean, they might draft too, right? And the way that the Cowboys, the way that McClay and that front office hits on offensive linemen, I mean, you could – if Tyron comes back and is relatively healthy, and I'm talking about, like, you know, 10, 12 games, like, you know, where he's healthy and playing, like, you pretty well know you're going to get all pro or near, near all pro, like, quality play at the left tackle spot. Zach Martin, I'm assuming he's coming back because of the way that he restructured that deal um, before this season. That kind of told me that – He's going to play for two more years. So he's got another year. And, like, while while I'm not sure that he's actually – I know he was an all-pro. Like, I'm not sure he's actually playing at an all-pro level at this point. He's still an elite right guard. Um, Terrence Steele, like, for better or worse, they're paying that dude a lot of money. So they're not going to they're not gonna bail on him. Uh, Tyler Biotish is gone. Uh, Tyler Smith's going to be the best left guard in the league probably for the next 10 years. Um, so it's like – we aside from Tyler Biotish and like I get it, you know Terrence still coming off of the injury, like not such a great year. Like they have three elite like guys like on the offensive line, and so it's like we're, we're going to draft a couple guys. TJ Bass looks like he's looks like he's going to be a good one. Brock Hoffman, you know there might be something there too. So it's like if you have a couple guys retire, maybe a guy gets injured, this could be a terrible offensive line. But if all those guys kind of maintain those bets, those old guys kind of maintain that level of play and stay healthy, and TJ Bass is who we think he might be, and Brock Hoffman is solid, and we go and draft another offensive lineman or two, we might have, you know, eight or nine, like, NFL quality, like, offensive linemen in that room. So it's like 
we're kind of in this weird spot where you could see the line being like elite next year. And you could also see, you know, things going south real quick. So it's kind of, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen with that group, to be honest. Like, I do know that we need, we need to get one on day one or two, somebody that can, you know, play tackle and guard. Like I want somebody with some versatility because it's just, there's a lot of things that are up in the air with the line. JC. All right, let me. Um, you say uh, address address match. Which one? This one right here. Uh, we make losses too personally. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey listen, man. It, it's it's so crazy, right? Because um, with this with this 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 team, right? We get so caught in, and a lot of Cowboys fans. They, I mean, they're fickle. Next one minute they're on, next minute they're off. My thing is, when it comes down to this Cowboys team, we know that there's a lot of things that we got to clean up. As far as the offense, defense, and special teams, this is not a perfect team right here okay at least we all know that at least we're all on the same page when it comes down to that but we have to clean things up if it's the draft free agency we know that if we were to let's say bro if we were to win this game against the green bay packers and we play against the san francisco 49ers we're not a better team than 49ers y'all that's just what it is you know what i'm saying yeah. we gotta yeah. keep it real with ourselves right now when you're thinking about the trenches when you're thinking about all the stuff that we got to build while th- if this team could be able to play on the same page it's huge bro it's huge that's why i say with me i keep an open mind when it comes down to the cowboys the offensive line bro i feel good about guys like brock hoffman i did run an all 22 on him tj bass as well yeah. You know what I'm saying? Them guys. I'm a little. I'm a little uh, ripped right now too. I'm feeling good, man. I don't know. I don't know if y'all. I don't know if y'all drinking or not. But y'all need to get a drink. Cause hey, listen, man. Listen, man. This one was for JC Lounge, man. Y'all already know. I'm not JC Lounge, but it's okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know I'm turning up, man. But um, but yeah, man. It's it's. You see the talent that Will McClay is bringing in. Guys like um Brock Hoffman. Hey, and, and get this. About I told you. I told you backstage. Will McClay is the reason why I'm still a Cowboy fan. Yeah. Period. Point blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Period. Point be, blank. You'd be a Cowboy fan no matter what. They go 0 and 17 every single year. Like you, I, I would, I would be a closet Cowboy. Yeah, I would be a closet. Yeah, I guarantee you. I guarantee you, I wouldn't be doing content. I, yeah. I guarantee you, y'all go. We go 0 and 17. I'm not doing content about that. <laughs> my, t- my time is valuable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> hey, shout out, shout out to Amp, though. I see my guy Amp. That's one of the uh, content creating uh, brothers right there. He said, uh, we got to start building this team to not just run the East. Hey, listen, no bull, bro. No bull. Yeah. These guys can run numbers when it comes down to the East. You can beat the commanders, all the rest of those guys. But when you're playing against these top-tier teams like the 49ers, the Green Bay Packers, or Green Bay Packers, they're a really, really young team, but they're very, very very well coached. But everybody in the NFC, bro, it is critical, bro. So I'm definitely on you uh, with you on that one. He said, have, Mark said, have Will McClay draft the coaches. <laughs> Look, yeah, I mean, some, might- somebody else needs to be making those decisions, in my opinion. I mean, Will McClay can't do worse. Yeah, he can't do man. any worse. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. So – you know, yeah, you probably got to extend this time too, dog, because this is getting a little spicy right now, dog. This uh, <laughs> this last thing getting a little spicy. We got some things to talk about on this offense for real, bro. Yeah, we do. And, oh, and Am said we got to start. And I agree with you. We we got to build for more than just the East. We really have to build for the NFL. And you're right, JC, when you said, man, you know, uh, pit this roster. But it's not just the roster of San Francisco. It's Shanahan. You 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 gotta you gotta understand the coaches that came out of his tree are all doing well offensively. 
Yeah, what do you think Dak would be doing in the offense right now? Oh my gosh. He'd be the runner, he'd be the runaway MVP if he was playing. Runa, runaway. Wouldn't even be close. But Dak was yeah. putting up numbers for the Dallas Cowboys. But you know, we all know that defense wins championships. There has to be a collective unit to be able to win playoff games. Dak Prescott's been doing work for the Dallas Cowboys this year, guys. He has, but complimentary football is 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 what you you're right. We we gotta play complimentary football and defense sucked. You know what I'm saying? And defense sucked. But what I'm saying to you is what I said earlier. It's a difference between scheming to play a defense and scheming wide receivers open. It's a difference. And Shanahan will scheme wide receivers open. We don't we ain't scheming wide receivers open. You just you're depending on talent. And Michael Gallup is getting no separation. He needs to be oh. schemed open. He that's what's so crazy, Mod. Like when you think about guys like my, Michael Gallup, you really don't want to be throwing to guys that can't be able to create separation. You know what I'm saying? Because those 50-50 balls, when you get to the playoffs, Tom, what's your thoughts on that? Throwing throwing 50-50 balls to a guy that can't be able to uh, gain separation in the yeah, playoffs. I mean, like, that matters. Yeah, you don't you don't want to have to rely on it, but it seems like every year we have to. You know, because we don't we don't have guys running open. I mean. Last year, we were bottom in the league in, in receiver separation, right? And I think this this year was better. This year was better. It was better. It was better. Uh, McCarthy's scheme is definitely better than Kellen's. Like, you know, we're talking about, you know, we don't have a Shanahan. You know, we need to get a guy like that. We need to get a Slovak, you know, or we need to get a Ben Johnson or somebody like that up in here. Somebody with somebody with new ideas. Somebody who can get receivers open. Like, but McCarthy, it was, it, it was better than what we saw last season with Kellen. But it's still, it's just not good enough. And when you play, it's like, so we got guys running open, like, against Philadelphia. We got guys running open against the Commanders. We got guys running open against the Giants. They were all, all of those teams I just I just listed. And somebody in, somebody left a comment earlier, you know, about we need to build a team that's not just, you know, built to, to run the East. And I totally agree with that, especially this year. Philadelphia, what do they have, like, the tw- in terms of, like, yards, in terms of, like, yards, total yards surrendered a game, Philadelphia – Washington, New York, they were all like bottom five in the league. Like these are some of the worst defenses in the, in the league, and we play them six times. Like yeah. we we have to be built to, to, to stop some of these elite teams, right? And it's just like we we run we run a score up against all these East teams, and then we go and we face a team that's got a good coach. And like our pass defense is great all season long. We got an elite pass defense. And then they just got guys running open the entire time. Jordan Love broke the single game record, playoff game record for QBR. Did you guys see that? Yeah, he scorches, scorches, bro. It was like it's like that's 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 game plan. That's not personnel. Like I'm not saying like we need to improve the linebackers. Like we need we need to get better like with our personnel on that side of the ball. But when you go from elite pass defense to you just got guys running wide slap open the whole game, that's game planning. Yeah, hey, it's so funny because a lot of people were talking about uh, Bill Pe- Belichick being a coach for the Cowboys and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's crazy because he runs the defense, right? So yeah. he runs the entire defense and he's a head coach. That means that if you was to bring in a guy like Bill Pe- Belichick, he's getting Dan Quinn out of there. He's getting uh, Mike McCarthy out of there. So a lot of people were talking about guys like Bill Belichick. I just want to get you, you guys' thoughts on, you know, how, how y'all feel about Mike McCarthy, you know, coming in here for this next year, you know, his final year of his contract and seeing if this guy can be able to do what he can be able to do to get us to where we want to go. You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't think that we're a far away team, but at the same time, this team got to get better. Um, going 12 and 5 these last three years, bro, I know that's always good and gravy, but at the same time, you got to be able to shine at 
the most important time. So I just want to get your um, you guys thoughts on uh, Mike McCarthy. Thank you, thank you. That was a great question, JC. Man, I appreciate it. Um, we know the day that you know uh, we saw the day that he's going to be playing out on an expired. I mean, he's going to be coaching on an expired contract, um, and and I think that that's great motivation. But I really believe that he has to um, take account and look at himself in the mirror and say, "I'm I I need help. I need help scheming um, and game planning. I don't need an advisory I, 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 or an advisor. I need someone who's going to come in here and call the plays for me, and I oversee. You know what I'm saying? That's what I need." And, and he's going to have to, in order to enjoy any type of success this year, he's going to have to surrender the play calling to somebody. Because here's the thing that we're not talking about. Mike McCarthy's teams these last two years are some of the most penalized teams out there. And as a head coach, that can't be. Yeah. So I need to get off the offense and, and stop putting this in front of my face, calling plays. I need to let somebody else do that. And I need to be down somebody's throat if they're making these, these uh, penalized. Because we weren't the most penalized team, but we had the most penalty yards this year. So that's something that the head coach needs to do. That's my two, that's my take and two cents on Mike McCarthy. Go ahead, Tom Tom. Before, you know, we, we, go ahead. We got a couple yeah, more. Yeah, no, I was just going to say. Yeah, so I was just going to say. The only thing that's giving me hope right now is like, and you were, I don't, I don't know if you said this explicitly or you were just kind of hinting at it. They need to get, they need to get McCarthy some help. Like there are. <laughs> what? Hey, go back to that comment real quick. Yo, with uh, Regina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They would have never survived in the same place. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have survived. Go ahead. Talk, yeah. talk. There would have had to have been some kind of understanding. Um, you got like, just because we can't go and get a head coach, just because we can't go get one of these, you know, Shanahan tree, you know, OCs or passing game coordinators, you know, and give them a head coaching job. These guys are, these guys are littered across the league. Literally, that's not a good word. These guys are spread across the league. You got, you got, you got guys in this Shanahan tree that have all of these new ideas and like you got them in passing game coordinator, you know, positions, you got them in assistant quarterback coach, you know, positions and all kinds of things like that. Go and hire five of them. You know what I mean? Go throw a bunch of money at five of them and bring them in as assistant coaches. You know, somebody that's in that room, somebody that's in that room with McCarthy and Schottenheimer. I don't know if they're bringing Schottenheimer back. Like I assume that they are. Um, somebody that's in that room and is, you know, has a say in what the game plan is week to week, because that's where we need, we need, it's not so much the scheme. It's the game planning like week to week. It's deciding what are we running? When are we running it? Like and just the little, you know, the tweaks that you make week to week to, week to the playbook. Like and we need guys. Game. We need we need more. We need more brains in that room. Right, but we need in game. We need in game adjustments. adjustments. Yeah, amped, amped sports. Yeah. I love you, man. I appreciate yeah. it. I love it. You God, say, man. Shout out to Ant, man. Yeah, yeah, give him the horn. Give him the horn. Yeah, give him the horn, man, Ant, man. You already know, man. Yeah, man. I, I'm. I, I. I. About Brian and you saying who is he? My my question is, where do we feel his impact at? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Where do we feel his I, – I don't – so is Schottenheimer the guy well, – well, I don't is. know if we even felt his impact at all. Like, so I need another – I need a younger mind in that That's room, nice. like Tom Tom said. I need a younger mind, somebody who had, grew up playing Madden 
and it's yeah, just but, sitting here. but you know, when it comes down to it, though, Ahmad, like a lot of these guys, I mean, it's a lot of egos when it comes down to running offenses. Do y'all remember when, 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 when Mike McCarthy came in here? Yeah, he gave Kellen Moore the reins. I mean, yeah, he did his thing. He still had him on the side, but he probably was thinking in the back of his mind, like, hey, bro. I'm taking this spot. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a lot of ego when it comes down to running the offense. But I think that, you know, um, whenever you can be like an offensive coordinator. So when you think about guys like Dan Quinn, right, you know what I'm saying? When you're running a head, when you're a head coach, because it's so, it's so funny when he's interviewing for all these head coaches uh, positions. But I think that he's a better defensive coordinator because he doesn't have to worry about so much. You don't have to worry about the whole team. You can just worry about your unit on defense. I think that he's a better defensive coordinator than what he is a head coach. I don't think he's going to be successful being a, a head coach because there's so much other things you got to worry about. Now, when you think about guys like Mike McCarthy, just his skill set running the offense, that's going to take a lot out of him to say, hey, I don't want to do this no more or have other people say in it, you know, as far as the offense, because it's so much ego when it comes down to these offenses. But, um, I mean, it's in it, in. Bringing in so many guys from the Dallas Cowboys, so much talent that we got over here, that, you know, would boost the ego uh, with it as well, though, bro. So. Frederick Johnson said you have to be able to counterpunch with the play calling. I absolutely yeah. love that. Uh, Regina said the analyst of zone versus man apparently was not even addressed. Not at all. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, Matt said, I'm done with Tony Pollard. I like Rita, Rico Dowdell more. I do too. And I got, we have a, a, a Derrick Henry, a conversation we need to have here in just a second. Ultra hey, Cowboy, what's popping, man? Hey, shout out to Ultra Cowboy because he did say something. He said, uh, I love that the family members of star players are finally bashing Dak. Look, man, I'm with you on that, man. Like, nobody is safe when it comes down to our Dallas Cowboys. I remember my guy Amp, he did make a post. He was saying something like, man, listen, man. I'm not going to be drinking the Kool-Aid. I ain't going to be caught up into what's going on with these Dallas Cowboys. They got to go out there and prove it. At this point now, because this is why they, you know, you hear about the three and four letter networks. They talk about that we're delusional and all this other stuff. We, A lot of us, there are no delusional fans on my side of town when it comes down to the Cowboys, bro. There, it's so funny, right? When you think about Stephen A, all the stuff that he talks about and say that there's delusional fans that are going to the Super Bowl, I don't hear nobody talk about that on my side of town as far as my, my network. We know what we got to do to be able to do it. We just got to go out there and prove it. So I think that what hit energy and all those three and four letter networks, bro, is just so much clickbait. We just got to lock in and, what we can, and do what we can control and go out there and just get it done, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's all about, man. No excuses. Agreed. Agreed. So what do you think about uh, Derrick Henry and his comments? Uh, when he got to the podium, was like, man, I'm gonna take a, a week, a couple weeks off, then I'm gonna go out to Dallas. Um, what do you think about those comments? Uh, I'll start with you, JC, and then we'll go to Tom Tom. I mean, the thing is, man, like when you're thinking about a guy like um, Derrick Henry and his type of skill set, what he can be able to bring with this type of team, I know that he's an older player, but the thing is, with his physicality, if he was to ever come to this team, I don't know uh, what to take out of what he said. But at the same time, if we do pick him up, I don't want to get caught into the offseason hype. If this guy, you know, jumps onto our team, bro, at this point now, if he can if he can get there, man, I think that we'll be better at that running back position. I mean, we'll be physical. <laughs> I know that thing on shore. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I don't want to, you know, get too hyped and uh, caught up into what's going on, you know, with these uh, with these free agents coming in, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom, what, what, what would you think yeah. about acquiring? It's kind of. Uh, 
it's kind of scary to me, to be honest. It just, it just feels real risky. Like, and I mean, he's, he's had, he's had a season like sprinkled in here and there where you think, all right, he's getting ready to fall off the cliff. And then he comes back and averages five yards of carry. So like, I'm not, I'm not putting anything past this guy. He, did he have a great season? No, he didn't have a great season. Does it look like it might be the beginning of the end? To me, it does. Like given his age and you look at the yards per carry and how it's kind of starting to fall off a cliff a bit. I think he averaged around like, I don't know, four, somewhere between four or 4.2 yards of carry. Like he was pretty like middle of the road. I, that's one guy I would never count out, but you're not going to be able to bring him in like on a veteran minimum or anything like that. Like he's not going to ask for 10 million a year, but it's not going to be, you know, 2 million either. You're probably going to have to pay him. Though, Tom, cause you know, he's older now. He is. And you know what? He, he might like, he wants to get a ring. Obviously they all do. Um, you know, he's, he, he's, He's gotten paid, obviously. I mean, you know, he's not gotten paid like a quarterback or anything like that, but he probably wants a ring and he, you know, he might think that this is a good place, you know, good good a place as any to try and do it. I would cons- I would I would take a I would take a long look at it. Like I would think I wouldn't I'm not immediately dismissive of that idea. But it just scares me. These old running backs, you know, like they they just fall off a cliff. Like they go from it's like Dalvin Cook, you know what I mean? And like they sort of like ride that reputation for like at least another year, maybe two years. It's like everybody this year's talking about, oh, we got to go get Dalvin Cook. We got to go get Dalvin Cook. Oh, the Jets got Dalvin Cook. And it's like he wasn't, it wasn't really that great last year, guys. And then he did nothing this year. It's like they go from all pro yeah. to out of the league in a year or two. And it Bob, happens fast. So funny, real quick, Tom, it's it's wild because you can find so much talent all throughout the draft, brother. It's a lot of Yep, prospects that don't get uh, get drafted. When you think about guys like Austin Eckler, guys like Derrick Henry, he was a second round pick. There are so many running backs that you can find. Look at the guy from the Rams named Kyron Williams. Yeah, that guy was balling. You yep, can balling. find. And I will be breaking down so much. I'm going to be doing so much film as far as the running back position because I know I'm so glad that you brought this up because the thing is, man, when you're looking at college, I see a lot of talent that's out there. And you don't have to get those guys in the first round and yep. all type in the second round. You can find those guys in the mid rounds and guys that can make a difference. Look at guys like Tony Pollard, guys. He was a fourth round pick. Yeah. Was that was it HN? Did he go in the third round last year? Yeah, real quick, real quick. Demarcus, um, what's his name? De, um, Demarco Murray, third round pick. Yeah. Um, Marion Barber, rest in peace to him. Fourth round pick. Yeah. Yep. Remember that guy. I, yep. You're right. Uh, Ultra Cowboy said since Mike McCarthy is staying, do the following. Hire Zach Robinson as OC, quarterbacks coach, passing game coordinator for the Rams. It's a good hire, idea. Hire Johnny Holland, linebackers coach, run game coordinator for the 49ers. I like it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I like it for real. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and then uh, Regina Green said, addressed. Shout out um, to the She said, addressed. Would love to hear Henry and Zeke tear it up for uh, tear up the defense and then run for Rico. I get it. I, I like it. I, here's my thing real quick uh, when we talk about running backs. Um, running backs will, will, will be better if the, as the offensive line goes, right? So we have to find um, some coaching and scheming to, so that that way we can run the ball, right? Um, and you mentioned this. This is where I'm finna pivot. Uh, before I pivot there, I need to say I, another free agent, that I would love for us to throw the bag at is T Higgins. I know Cincinnati's going to try to, to, to uh, franchise tag him, but man, if we can get the opportunity or, or trade for Mike Evans, whichever, I don't care. We need a third or we need to allow, uh, uh, we need to allow Jalen Tober to cook. But I've seen a stat 
on X on Twitter that blew my mind. And our second round picks are we only hit on those twenty two percent of the time. Our percentage is higher on the fourth round and the first round than it is in the second round. I, school, <laughs> That's uh, crazy. Maker was, yeah, it is. It's crazy. Scooter yeah. Maker to me was a bad pick, and we talked uh, about this. Hey, right? Tom, I need to get your thought when it come down to guys like Schoolmaker because I, you know, this is our first stream together, man. And I, damn, this is going to be this is such a good live stream. I appreciate y'all so much, man, for sure. Yeah, thanks for coming cool. on, man. Yeah, uh, sure, definitely. Schoolmaker, it was a bad pick. It was a bad pick. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like that. There's no. I mean, is there anybody saying that was a good pick? Like, I mean, <laughs> Captain Rob. Where's my guy, Captain Rob? Hot take. Hot take. It was a bad pick. Um, I do think. I, I do think he's gonna work out. I don't think anybody's gonna look back and say, you know, at any point. I don't think five years down the road. I don't think anybody's gonna come back and say, you know what. That was a good pick. You know, I'm glad that we took him in the second round. But I do think <laughs> but I do I do think that he's going to be a tight end in this league. I really do. Like he's got the he he's, he's got, you know, uh, an elite, you know, uh like he's he looks like he's he looks like his blocking is going to be elite, right? And I really I like my tight ends to be able to block. To me Kyle Pitts is not a tight end. To me Kyle Pitts is a slot receiver. You know, it's like we 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 got these guys, you know, spread across the league that line up in line like five times a game, and then we call them, you know, tight ends. And I'm like, mm, that's that doesn't sound like a tight end to me. Um, yeah. And scooney has got a big catch radius. Um, like I know he had some drops, but like I think he's got decent hands. Um, I think he's gonna be okay. I don't think we're gonna say glad we spent the second round pick on him, but um, I think he's a player. I think he'll be a player. See, the Ultra. thing is, man, it's just so much, y'all. Go, go ahead, Ma. Go ahead, Ma. Ultra, Ultra Cowboy said we thought Dalton Schultz was trash for the first. It's two tough, years, man. Tight, the life of a but, tight end, it, life of a tight end, first two years, it's tough, especially I when you got, when, especially when you got a guy, you know, like Jake Ferguson ahead of you. Like, well, that's and, and that's, I mean, that's and a good point. Rick, your, uh, the that's guy a good point. Uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the dude? Laporta. 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 Oh my god! But hold on, hold on. It's a good point. Uh, it's a good point. JC made this before. He don't remember, but I'm gonna say it. It them drafting them drafting Schoonmaker in the second round was directly because they didn't believe in Jake Ferguson. And look, hey, that's why I said, and I was talking about that. Shout out to Captain Rob, though. You know what I'm saying, my partner, because he was really on the Jake Ferguson train. Like I, I like Jake Ferguson, but this guy loved Jake Ferguson. And seeing what Jake Ferguson did this year, guys, we gotta tap in on that because. When you see Schoonmaker, what I mean, he didn't really do much this year, and I still think that he can be something because being able to catch the ball, you can line up in line, in motion, you can be able to block and all that good stuff. That's great and all, but when you see a guy like Jake Ferguson that can be able to do it and he's proving it on tape, he's being physical with these linebackers. He's going out there. I think literally he had the be- he had the best game, even though I mean our game yeah. was a little shaky against the Green Bay, yeah. our Green Bay Packers, but he had the best game. Yep, pound for pound. Ferguson is him. He's him. I don't just like Jake for his catch range and his catching ability and being able to get up the scene. His attitude, I love it, man. He's got the attitude uh, that you're supposed to have. He's an enforcer. He gets up. He talks cash. I I like it. I I just, but you're 22% in the second round. That means you're missing most of the time. And Will is great, man. I mean, he finds stuff in the fourth and fifth round that's unbelievable. You know what yeah, I'm well, saying? Yeah, we, we get unnecessarily greedy a lot of times in the second round, too, where we go after these guys that they're first-round talents, but they have, you know, some some injury history there. You know, it's Jalen Smith, Sean Lee. And I know Sean Lee, he gave us some great years. 
some yeah. great years. But um, I mean, you know, lots of lots of injury, lots of injury problems. And you know, we try and get we try and get a little cute in the second round. I feel like we try we try really hard to get like guys with tons of upside whenever <laughs> it's just like just make the right pick. Like just go get a good player, go get a starter. Like stop getting greedy, stop trying to get cute, try stop trying to outsmart the rest of the league, like and just get a good player. And we don't do that enough. Patrice said Sean Lee would be a fantastic would be fantastic. Make him a linebacker coach or something. We have a front office that won't allow real culture. Our coaches need coaching. Our players uh, don't play with their heart. And and I'm going to tell you, J- Jimmy on uh, when when you did did y'all see Jimmy give his halftime oh, speech? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I was ready to jump through a wall no. for that guy. Yeah, no straight hand was. No I was ready enough. to jump through a wall. And did you, what, did you see what he said during halftime, though, bro, when we was getting beat by the Green Bay Packers? No, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what about. he's talking about, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, bro. He, he, he had Strahan get down in his stance. Like, did you see that? Like, right after he went on his little rant. Yeah, that was yeah. great, man. Like, we need that in a locker room. They should have been live streaming that. All right, bro, because it's just, it just makes me so sad, Cowboys Nation. Like, you know, you get emotional, man, when it comes down to this because – Man, I got a lot of love for y'all, man. I really do, man. I'm so happy to be in, on here with y'all. Shout out to everybody on my side, man. What's up, y'all, man? I'm What's just up, so happy y'all? to be here. We work so hard when it comes down to Cowboys Nation. And, I mean, when you see these situations right here, when you know you got the talent to go out there and do it, man, it's it's, it's just tough to, you know, to see. But, you know, you're playing against these teams in the NFL. I mean, it's going to be challenging, you know, going all the way throughout the playoffs, guys. So it's yeah. not going to be easy. Yeah, yeah. And, and and after in what way when you say you're looking for value, um, uh, what what way did you mean that in? Um, I, I think here's. I think she's talking about. I think she's talking about like in the second round. Oh yeah, I'm well, about I the mean, second round picks. Yeah, you have been good with the second round picks, man, for a long time. We haven't been, and, yeah. and, and like I said, we literally have to get to the place where um, when we're drafting, we have to. Um, I think we do a good job at drafting. I think we're doing a good job at player personnel, but I think, and here's, here's where I, I think we can kind of get ready to where we start ending this thing. I got um, a spicy one for you though, real quick. I got a spicy one. Yeah. I'm gonna throw that in whenever you're ready. How aggressive should we be in free agency? And and this year I keep seeing it. I keep seeing it all the way across it. Should we be majorly aggressive? Majorly, extremely aggressive. Yes. Go yes. for it. Bring yes. back. Bring back old Jerry. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know. I think I think it's something Stephen did. But if Stephen get rid of Stephen, if that's the problem, <laughs> like I want, I want old Jerry back. I don't want now. I don't want you know give up two first round picks for Roy, Roy Williams. You know what I mean, Jerry. I don't want that Jerry. But like, I, 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 we need to go for it, man. We need to go yeah, for it. Big time. You got to be aggressive. It's. I mean, that's just at this point right now. You know that we're close. We're not far away from getting to where we want to go, guys. Yep. That's the thing. But one, the question I have for you guys, when it comes down to Demarvion Overshone, he's not the biggest guy, but he will be one of the toughest guys on this defense. I just want to get you guys' thoughts, man, because he's one of the guys that I'm really, really excited about yeah, going into this year. But do y'all feel as though that he's the type of player that is an undersized linebacker? No. After watching him at Texas, I watched him at Texas, and I'm a big Texas fan. Anybody knows me, I have a, my, a Texas pod as well. Um, he is a dog, straight-up dog. He showed up in every big game. He he, You wasn't just going to block him and, and, and run him off the field. No, he was going to get to the place and fill his gap integrity. That's the Marvion Overshawn. 
he is that guy who will lay it on the line for you and his team. And and definitely, I'm looking forward to him getting back. I think he is going to help the linebacker room absolutely 110% time is on you. Hey, one quick one quick thing, Domod. Um, shout out to Dwayne. Uh, you can go ahead and highlight his comment, bro. He said, JC, do you have co-hosts? Um, do you have the co-host channel? So y'all let them know um, who y'all are, man, so they can come follow y'all. Yeah, um, man, definitely. Definitely you could catch us on um, the know-it-alls. You can catch me on the know-it-alls. Um, that is uh, K-N-O-I-T-A-L-L-Z, the know-it-alls. You'll find that channel on um, YouTube. You can follow me on at Victorious52 on IG. And also, we are DC4L. That's me and Tom Tom. That is our channel. You can find that on um, it's the Cowboys Global Cast, Cowboys Global Cast, top right. You can see that. You can find that on uh, uh, YouTube and um, you can find that on uh, where you find all of your podcasts as well because we're downloadable there. Um, but no, so uh, Tom, give us give us what you think on DeMarvion Overshot. Yeah, I mean, I'm super high. I'm super high on him. Uh, yeah, I mean, do I think he's under like I feel like that the that the linebacker position is sort of being redefined like in real time uh in the NFL. It's just like that's kind of you know, for years, for years you see this like evolution, this offensive evolution where the best teams in the league are, you know, it's like eleven personnel. Like that's that's just that's just your normal like base, you know, offensive set now, right? It's like offenses are they're running 11 personnel like 60 70 80 percent of the time you know and that used to be like whoa three wide receivers on the field like that's crazy um and we always knew defenses there there's going to be a counter punch there's going to be an adjustment right and i think one of those things that you're seeing is that you're getting they're relying more on linebackers than ever before to be good in coverage and as that's happened, as that evolution has happened, linebackers are just kind of starting to get a little smaller, right? Like you don't see a bunch of guys running around, you know, at 250, 255 pounds, right? There's not a bunch of – there's not a lot of guys like built like, you know, like Ray Lewis, you know, and guys like – that. there are some guys – there are – you do have some bigger linebackers that are able to cover, but they're they're rare. And so, like, I don't really think Overshone is – he's a little light. He's a little light. And, I mean, he's going to have a lot of the same problems that – you know, the guys that we had playing that position this year had, you know, I don't think he's not, you know, you're going to have to keep him pretty clean, but he's just the physical traits are there. The, uh, the instinctiveness, I kind of feel like he's going to sort of be, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but I see him as like the Jake Ferguson of the defense. That's kind of what I see is he's that, he's that guy who's vocal. He sets the tone physically. Um, yeah. I don't know. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Like the kind of what I'm getting at in terms of like, he's like your spirit. I see him as being like a spiritual leader, like on the defense, if that makes sense. I mean, the type of player that he is, I mean, yeah, he is that spiritual leader. He was a leader over there on the Texas side, bro. Shout yep. out to you too, Ma, cause you know yep. a lot about DeMarvion Overshone, but just being a player that you can be able to, I mean, that can blitz, that's tough. And he's one of the guys though, Ma, that like whenever um, the offensive linemen are trying to get at him, he's going to thump as well. He's yeah. not big, yeah, he's not the biggest guy, but at the same time, you can utilize this guy in pass coverage. I did a breakdown because it's so funny because on my main page, I still got that page of uh, that that video up on my uh, on my main page. I got a lot of respect for him, and I think that he can really be something for us. And it was very unfortunate to see that this guy got injured, but. Um, and that's part of the reason why Marquise Bell was making a lot of noise because for real, for real, let's keep it honest. That was DeMarvion Overshone's burn. Yeah. 
that was the Marvion Overshones burn. So we'll see. Let's just, you know, uh, pump the brakes when it comes down to him. I think that he can be good for us. But um, just like Patrice said, you don't want to rush this guy from being uh, coming from injury and stuff like that. But I think that, yeah. you know, he can be a, a special piece for us um, in the defense once we get down to the um, to the uh, regular season. And yeah, one, and you know, thing, another... one thing you should have seen in, in film, I'm sorry, Tom. One thing you should have seen in film is that's important. Not only does he thump, he knows how to position his body to, mm-hmm. to like get small when he's when they're trying, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When he gets small when he needs to to get through holes and to maintain gap integrity. That's mm-hmm. what's so good about and he's fast. So he's fast, he's long, and he knows how to use his body to position mm-hmm. himself to blow up plays and make tackles. Yeah, that's, that's what you want. You yeah, want somebody yeah. who's gonna blow up plays and make tackles. To your point, real quick, Tom, and then you had the floor. They said uh uh C uh, SRT Ken said old Jerry was making senile decisions, firing uh Jimmy. He said, listen to what you're asking for. Um, and then Ultra Cowboy said pair overshone with Patrick Queen. Dude, Go that's ahead. what I'm saying. Dude, yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that. What I was gonna say is I've heard some whispers about them moving to a three-four. I don't I don't actually think that that's gonna happen. But like, if they did, Overshone, you can he he can play multiple. He can play multiple positions. He you can see him at inside linebacker, outside linebacker. You see him that he he's he would fit the three-four well. Um, yeah, Patrick Queen. I don't know who said that earlier. Was that Amps that said something about Thanks, Patrick Amp, Queen? Yeah. Hey, when I, you know, we're talking about, do we, do they need to go for it? Do we want to see him be big spenders? Like when I envision big spending Cowboys, when I envision Jerry Jones <laughs> unleashed, like, that. Patrick McQueen or Patrick Queen, sorry, get uh, him in here. Yeah. Love you got to get stout guys, guys. You got to, I mean, it's just the only way we're going to be able to get to where we want to go. Yes, you want to be able to draft well, but you want to bring in top-notch veterans. When you think about guys like Deion Sanders, when you think about the um, the Charles Haley's, you remember when they yeah. mixed with those young dogs. Yeah, y'all remember that. So yeah. y'all want to be able to get that. And I felt that with Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks, I felt that, but it wasn't enough. But at this point now, you want to continue to keep bringing in veterans, just like all the rest of y'all said. Matt, um, Amp, bring in top-notch veterans. And mixing with the uh, good guys that we draft well, and that's how we can be able to take that next step. That's that's the uh, energy I'm feeling. Yeah, Amp yeah, said that the NFL trend is a circle and not a straight line. And I'm gonna big, steal that. That's a brilliant line. Yeah, big big physical linebackers will be back. I, I, you're right, but guess what? Those big physical linebackers will be able to. They'll be hybrids. They'll just be bigger than everybody else. Like you know, Texas just got uh, 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 Thanos back from from uh, Alabama. Thanos, who's yeah. that, bro? Hey, man, he's a uh, big kid from um, Duncanville. I got to remember his name. He's from Duncanville. But, I mean, he looked like he was a grandfather in high school. Like, he was huge. Like, I mean, he was a truck. I mean, a, a refrigerator. And um, at uh, Alabama, he's been sitting. He had some injuries and was sitting behind some guys, and he moved back to Texas. And those are the type of linebackers who run four fives, but they're like 6'3", 240. Right, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Big, fast, like, and he's six. He's you know six three two forty. He's fast. He's long, and he can get into a hole and cause a collision. That's how that will be back, and I like that comment too. Yeah, it's I, just like so. So right. one of the things, one of the things. That, so that, I completely agree with Amp. Completely agree with everything you just said. But the thing about it is, is it's like this the this mold, this like modern like linebacker mold that like we're wanting to see now is like you're kind of describing 
like guys who they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be playing edge, right? It's like if you're like 250 and you can run a four three or you run a four four, like you're not you don't want to play linebacker, right? That's not where the money is, right? Like you want to play you want to you want to play on the edge. So it's like it's they're both it's like linebackers. Like you're trying to draw from that pool of players that have that same build as guys that you know are gonna you know be playing on the edge and stuff like that. But if you look at the Forty Nineers, they have both. If you look at the 49ers, they got both, right? Yeah, but it's like, but so like, where did they get, like, where'd they get Fred Warner? He's like a third or fourth round pick, right? You know what I mean? And like, he he came in the league, like as an undersized guy. So it's like, you just and, shot an undersized guy in the third round. You able to find him though, Tom. You finding guys like that in the third or fourth round though, bro. Yeah, for sure. Come on, dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, I get what you're saying. It's just like you just kind of got to get lucky and hit on one, right? Like, I don't think that they, I don't think anybody saw him become, you know, being what he has become. Man, I just feel as though, like, if we can be able to get another linebacker with Micah Parsons, we all know that Micah Parsons has the ability to be able to line up at the linebacker position. Yeah. You can pit him at the right edge or the left edge. I mean, this guy's good, man. You can be able to have this guy. And it's so crazy. Throughout college, I've seen this guy blitzing between A and B guys playing that linebacker position. He His closing speed is next to none. So hopefully Dan Quinn can be able to figure that out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? By, t- by now, you should think that this guy should know that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This yeah. guy is so good to the point where you can utilize him all over, man. And if you can be able to get, you know, better guys in there. I can't wait till we get to these players, man. Um, I don't know if anybody know about the, you know, the new prospects coming in. But um, one question for you, Mod. Like, what do you think is the number one uh, thing that we should uh, 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 target once we get to the draft? Like, is it linebacker? The Jeremiah Trotter Juniors? Or or what? What's your thoughts, man? So, I like Jeremiah, Jeremiah Trotter. I like him. I like him a lot. Um... But honestly, if we're going to address something in the first round, to me, it either needs to be wide out or offensive line. We, we, need, to, we need to go there first, right? Um, I, I, do like, uh, I do like Sweat from Texas. I do like Murphy from Texas, defensive tackles. And both of them, I think, will be available in the, the second round. And I wouldn't mind if you went – uh, O-line, D-line, first two, out the box. I would not be mad. I would not be mad at all because we've got to stop. We've got to keep – if we're going to keep these type of linebackers, we need to keep them clean, yep. period. Right. So right. draft draft a young – drafting a youngin like Sweat, who is just a, a, a train wreck. If you Listen, if you have not looked at Trevondre Sweat from the University of Texas – he, he's he's in the top three. There's a guy from Illinois. There's Shavondre Sweat. And then there's Byron Murphy, also from Texas. Top three defensive tackles in this draft. And I'm going to tell you, you won't go wrong with either three. See, All three of them are a run stop. Hey, Ma, it's so crazy, though, man, because a lot of people, shout out to Ultra. He said Brian Thomas from LSU, wide receiver 24. See, I'm not really I'm not really big when it comes down to the wide receiver at the 24, man. I just feel as though the trenches is so important. Like, because I think about the playoffs, I think about the run game, I think about the run stopping game. Like, I, I'm just so big when it comes down to linebackers, defensive line, offensive line. That's where I'm going to be hitting on. Uh, that's why I mentioned guys like Jeremiah Trotter. I know that uh, wide receiver is very important. But when you think about this team and the CeeDee Lambs and you got the Jalen Tolberts, a lot of people have been raving about Jalen Tolbert. So why would we go out there and go get a wide receiver with the first pick? If you're telling me that you want a wide receiver with the first pick, then you might not believe in Jalen Tober as much. That's yeah. the thing. So that's why I say that when we get to these playoffs, the trenches matter. Yeah. These guys set the tone, man, and that's what that's what's gonna open up these playbooks, guys. 
I, yeah, you're definitely right. Who who is Newton? I gotta I gotta tell me who Newton is. I I, I want to know. Um, I I don't know the guy from Illinois' name, but I know that he's really really good. I, I, yeah, New, Newton's a defensive tackle. I don't know where he plays. That's just a name I've been seeing a lot. Yeah, like, I don't really I, I don't follow the college game all that closely. Um, and so like, and I don't really start doing any homework until after the Super Bowl. Um, so as far as like, you know, nice. specific names and things like that, like I'm just. I won't get started, you know, for like another month or something like that. Are we that. about to have fun, though? We about to have fun oh, with we, the time. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Oh, it's hey, look, a lot of fun. This is a, this is a good show, and I actually want you guys to come on my show, too, because I'm actually I'm actually going to have some college All-22 clips. So I want you guys to really – so we can break some yeah, things down. It. So we're going to start doing this more often. Let's yeah, get it. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. okay, so that's it. That's the guy from Illinois. I knew, I knew the guy from Illinois was like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's like that. He's in the top three, and that's what you want. You, you Physicality – in the trenches, if everything in the playoffs, that's where and, and coaching, coaching physicality, you got to be that we and if we want to turn into a real championship contending team, not a pretender, we need to be physical on the O line, physical on the D line, and that's it. Period. Point blank. And I do agree with you, JC. Uh, if you believe in, it's just the same thing we were talking about with Fergie. If you believed in Fergie, you wouldn't have drafted another tight end. If you believe yeah. in Tobert, don't draft another wide receiver. Yeah. Address the O-line and the D-line. First two mm-hmm. rounds, let's get it. Cut and back. I promise you, I will find some good running backs in round three, four, five, and six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't, <laughs> don't take one day one. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, so I, there's a lot of tackles. There's a, there's a lot of good tackles in this draft. There's a lot of good wide receivers. Obviously, we don't need a quarterback. Well, I mean, I know a lot of there's a lot of people out there that think that we do need a quarterback, but I'm not one of them. Um, I want us to go best player available, wide receiver, offensive line, or edge edge rusher. But I'm going to secretly hope that that best player available is a tackle. Like that's what I, I'm. I'm with JC on that. Like I want somebody in the trenches for yeah. sure. Last but I mean, year, if the best if the best player there is a receiver, I want him to get him. Like you can't have too many good receivers in this league. Hey, it's so funny, Tom, because I wanted I wanted Jordan Addison so bad last year. I was raised yeah. on so bad dog because you know he's from my area and I I know his granddad. He was on my show. I wanted him so bad because I knew what he was going to be. I was trying yeah. to press. I made a video, a hype video for him and everything. But um, yeah, I, missed man, on him. Anyway, I was I was low on him. I missed oh on him God, big bro, time. Bro, I've, I've been seeing him since little league, bro. This dude, yeah. this dude is so good, bro. Yeah, that's yeah, why I made player. a video on him and everything. Yeah, but it's yeah, good he's a player. Be. Ultra Cowboys said we can't keep using first round picks on the O line. I mean, you know, we we'll keep drafting all pros. We can, <laughs> yeah. But and I'm, I'm about if we wouldn't have lost, if we wouldn't have lost um, Travis, if we wouldn't have lost Travis, and he wouldn't have retired so early, Holy man. You know what I'm saying? We would still be like monstrous on the line. He retired early, man. We lost him early, and and that was a dog, like. I mean, I'm just saying, bro, like, if you want us to improve our running game, Ultra Cowboy, guess where that starts? With the O-line and the scheme. The O-line and the scheme, it starts right there. So let me ask you this real quick, Ma, because a lot of people were going back and forth with the whole running game. Do you think it was the offensive line or the running back, or do you think that it was both? Because a lot of things that I've seen on All-22, I run a lot of All-22, bro. A lot of times the offensive line was not getting to the second level, bro. So as the running back got the ball, he was getting blasted. Just want to throw that out there. Scheme. Even though I got a lot of love for Tony Pollard, though. I got a lot of love for Tony Pollard, I, but at the same time, I think it was collective. 
my close. answer was my answer is the play caller, the scheme, you, the the run, the running. The, you found lanes sometimes when you called the right play at the right time. So it was like you shoot uh, shooting craps with the, with the play caller. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think it was scheme, and but and then I do think also I blame some of that on Terrence Steele not being healthy and Chuma Adoga being trash. That is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I yeah, say that. It's, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of both, but I put less blame on Tony Pollard than I do the offensive line. It's like you said, like they weren't able to get to the second level, and like what happened in the Washington game whenever they were able to do that. And I know you can say what you want about you know they're having a lot of second stringers in. Deron Plain played played a lot of snaps, if I remember correctly. So like they did, they they had some dudes like up front, and Brock Hoffman and T.J. Bass were getting to the second level, and Tony Pollard he had a good game. Bruh, I literally had a video, right? It's got like 20,000 views, right? Of Mm -hmm. Brock Hoffman and TJ Bass running all 22. Those guys were balling. balling. And the thing thing is, man, that's why, you know, it's such, it's so good to hear you, Ma, say that um, you got a lot of respect for guys like Will McClay. Shout out to him because, I mean, bringing guys in, um, from from Oregon and then Virginia Tech, I got some film on them. The guys, we'll we'll break those guys down throughout the year, but um, because that can make a difference on like what we're going to do in the second and third round, guys. Absolutely, you know Absolutely. what I'm saying. So yeah, just keep that in mind. So I mean, I did like what I you know saw from those two. Yeah, yeah I actually but- I think T.J. Bass might be able to play some center too. Like I think it's possible you could see him at center. And it could be Brock Hoffman too. I don't know. Maybe they draft one. There's a lot hey of man, things. Brock Hoffman there, got a nasty streak, and I love that about him. He's yeah. nasty. Like Brock, yeah, Hoffman, Brock Hoffman was a captain last year at Virginia, and he played that center position who can be able to flex out at guard. Then you see guys like TJ Bass who can play that guard position, who played left tackle a plethora yeah. of times at Oregon. So yeah, you know Will McClay guys, they like guys with versatility. Yep. Yeah. So final shots, man. Parting shots. While we're getting it ready to get out of here, man. Give me. Give me your parting shot, man, from this show, JC, man. Tell me, you know, uh, uh, your parting shot here. See, the thing is, man, I'm so I'm so happy to have the, to be on with you guys, man. It was so great. This was such a good show. We we should be doing more shows like this. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. we def- definitely going to turn up because I mean, we we speak a lot of good football language, and it's great to see it because when you think about this team, we know that the offensive line, the defensive line, this is what is going to get us to where we want to go. At this point now, when you see guys like Dak Prescott, we know that this guy's going to be coming back this year, Mike McCarthy and all the rest of these guys. The time is now. At this point, we're going to look at you this year, just like my man Ma said with the side eye. At this point. And shout out to Maurice. What's good, Maurice? What's going on? Because Maurice is one of my close friends, and he knows that I am really big on Dak Prescott. But at this point now, bruh, let's go. Let's go. If you don't do it, then you just don't do it. We got to move on. But at the same time, we still love our Cowboys, and we're going to stick together as a family, y'all. I appreciate y'all, man. This was, this was definitely fire, bro. Definitely fire. Yeah, man. I, I loved it, too. Tom, Tom, parting shots. Yeah. A lot of my parting shots are about Dak, and I'm not going to deviate from that today. Um, don't give up on him. He's not Pat Mahomes. I'm going to tell you, these are, the, these are the quarterbacks that he is not. He is not Pat Mahomes. He is not Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not Dan Marino. He's not John Elway, right? And he he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be. This this guy, he's a great quarterback. He's good enough. He has warts. Don't give up on him. I'm hearing a lot of talk about 
trade him, cut him, you know, do this, do that, get a pick, you know, and draft one, draft a quarterback in the first round this year. Look, go – I'm just asking. I'm going to give everybody a little bit of homework. Go back and look at the last 10, 15, 20 years, top five picks. They hit less often than you think that they would. When you look at you, when you look at at what Dak's done in terms of like EPA per play, even just in the playoffs where we dog on him constantly, and you compare that to what a lot of these top five picks do in the regular season, he I'm telling you, he clears them. He clears them. Like, don't go back, you know, don't go back into the quarterback wasteland. Like, you think we're in quarterback hell right now? You guys want to go back to Chad Hutchison? You guys want to go back to Drew Henson? <laughs> hey, is that what y'all want to do? Quincy Carter, y'all want to go back? Flex. Clint Flex. Sterner. He's speaking, bro. Y'all want Clint Sterner? Is that, what, is that who you want? It's not sweet. It ain't sweet. It's it not ain't. easy to find quarterbacks out here, guys. It's, it's not. not. It's yeah. not. So yeah. I mean, I and I do. I knew though. You know, the guy that we we got in here, the young boy. What's, what's his name? Um, third string. Um, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Yeah, but when you get out there in the gridiron, it's a whole different flavor. So you know, Dak Prescott has what it takes. But remember, guys. We don't need that much from Dak Prescott. All he got to do is no. run the juggernaut. When you no. got City Lamb, when you got the Brandon Cooks, whoever's running, being a running back, Jake, uh, Jake Ferguson, he doesn't have to do too much. Just run that juggernaut. If he can figure things like that out, then you can beat anybody you line, uh, line up against, guys. My parting shot is a lot along the same. We always hit it back, and it somehow always comes back to Dakota Rain. Um, I will say this. He, I agree with both of you guys, man. What what y'all don't see about Dakota is he's probably the best play-action quarterback in the league right now. So if you gave him a running game to where you have to stop and think for a second, does a running back have the ball? Dakota would be – he would be nails. He would be so dangerous, right? If I'm the Cowboys and moving forward, what's next for us? We got to address the trenches, both sides. Both sides make us better football, a better football team complete. You know, we, we don't have to rely on the pass rush if we're stopping the run and getting penetration, right? So, therefore, we in turn, we make our defensive backs better. If your D tackles are getting penetration and stopping the run, that makes your defensive backs better and your linebackers better, right? If your offensive line is doing their job, getting to the second level, that makes your running game better. That makes your pass, your, your play action better. And Dak is able to cook at that point, right? Um, but once you address those two, the offensive line, defensive line, and you do that, you've got to be aggressive in the offseason. This yeah. is the this is the, the answer to where do we go from here? Be aggressive in the offseason, ultra aggressive. You're gonna have to bring in some veterans to actually help the culture of this, this locker room. Somebody we lost our last alpha, even though he whined a little bit. He was an alpha. He was an alpha. And and he's over there at Cleveland right now, showing you what he can do in some big floppy shoes. Amari you know what I'm saying? And that's Amari Cooper. You know what I'm saying? He got hey, on a lot big, of people don't think about that, though, Ma. Hey, he, he's got his big floppy right. shoes on, and he was over there acting a clown. Now, does he whine a little bit? Absolutely. But he was an alpha, and he would tell you, I'm tired of losing. I'm yeah. not going to do this. 
I'm huh? not out here to lose. I'm out here to win. And and when people when people are are here and they're plush and they're sitting back in their plush chairs and they're sitting back in, in their nice little clean closets and and oh we just we're the Dallas Cowboys and you know we're yeah no yeah. Jerry Jimmy Johnson took y'all behinds down here in Austin Texas in a hundred hundred degree weather hundred degree plus and made y'all one run wind sprints because he knew. That if you couldn't handle that, you couldn't handle the pressure that comes with being a Dallas Cowboy. Big facts. And Big we facts. need to make sure that this team and 24 understand that they have a responsibility to us, the fans, their families, and the Dallas Cowboy organization as a whole, the people that went. Did you see all of the OGs speaking up? All of the OGs all are disgusted. OGs. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. That's why I say like like building it inside out though, bro. That's why we're talking about guys like well, one technique, the three technique, just the interior. Building that interior, then you work on the linebackers, being able to stop the run, not allowing these defensive linemen to get to the linebackers. Little things like that, bro. I feel I feel that energy, bro. That's why I say this was such a good show for real, man. Because we know what it takes to you know for this for this Dallas Cowboys to take that next step. They just got to go do it, brother. Just got to go do it, man. We thank you for him. Hey, man, for, for, for our side, tell them where they can find you, JC. Hey, man, JC Cowboys Network. Hey, listen, we turn up, y'all. Hey, listen, we do all the film breakdowns. We're growing rapidly right now. We kind of keep it low-key, but I go live stream. I go on live sometimes, but we, we mainly create content. That's what we do, man. I sit back and chop things up. But all 22, if you guys want to see the Dallas Cowboys, college all 22, anything that's going on with college, you guys let me know. I'll definitely break it down, man. We do some creative things over there. And I'll be glad to see y'all, man. Y'all already know what it is, man. We turn up on live streams as far as the JC Lounge. You already know what it is. <laughs> I love it, man. This is my guy. And you're definitely going to see us doing more shows together in yeah. the future. You're going to see us doing it. For myself, for Tom Tom, and for JC, we'll see you guys. We out of here. Peace.